Hello and welcome. This is BP's fourth quarter and full year 2016 results webcast and conference call. I'm Jess Mitchell, BP's Head of Investor Relations, and I'm here with our Group Chief Executive Bob Dudley and our Chief Financial Officer Brian Gilvary. Before we start, I need to draw your attention to our cautionary statement. During today's presentation, we will make forward-looking statements that refer to our estimates, plans and expectations. Actual results and outcomes could differ materially due to factors we note on this slide and in our UK and SEC filings. Please refer to our annual report, stock exchange announcement and SEC filings for more details. These documents are available on our website. Thank you, and now over to Bob. Thanks, Jess. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us. We're reporting on another challenging quarter today and another challenging year for the industry. But for BP, it's been a very eventful quarter and one where we've continued to make good progress on many fronts. We certainly had a busy end of 2016, and I'll spend some time in a moment on that and our other actions to get back to growth. As usual, Brian will take you through the detail of our fourth quarter numbers and provide an update on our guidance for 2017. I'll come back to briefly update you on the progress in our upstream and downstream businesses. And at the end, Brian, Jess, and I will take any questions you have. But first, I'd like to take a look at the environment. By the end of last year, we were seeing Brent oil prices around where they are today, in the mid-50s. But in 2016, the average oil price was $44 per barrel, the lowest for 12 years. Henry Hub gas prices were also weak in 2016, averaging $2.50 per MMBTU for the year, and the refining marker margin at 11.80 per barrel was the lowest since 2010. As we stand today, Brent oil prices have risen by around $10 per barrel since the OPEC deal was announced. We still expect oil demand growth to be strong this year at 1.3 million barrels per day with modest growth in non-OPEC supply, which means the timing and extent of market rebalancing depends heavily on OPEC behavior. The physical market has begun to tighten with inventories falling a little faster than seasonal norms. However, OECD inventories at the end of 2016 were still close to 3 billion barrels, significantly higher than their recent historic average. We expect much of the historical inventory overhang to be eroded by the end of 2017 if OPEC and non-OPEC producers deliver on their promised production cuts. Any shortfall could delay this process and does still pose some downside risk to prices in the near term. So while we remain optimistic about the market continuing to rebalance in 2017, we recognize that this can take some time. In short, the road to a more balanced position still has uncertainties. We are very aware of these uncertainties, but as you'll hear today, we are confident in our resilience to the environment and we're continuing to build momentum in our businesses. Turning to our results, the slide you are seeing now is a summary of our full year 2016 results for the group as a whole. Our underlying replacement cost profit was $2.6 billion for the year. Our underlying operating cash flow, excluding oil spill related payments, was $17.8 billion for the year. This was 12% lower than last year, but represents strong performance in these tough market conditions. Organic capital expenditure in 2016 was $16.0 billion 
excluding the consideration for our recently announced renewal of 10% of the Abu Dhabi ADCO concession. Proceeds during the year from divestments totaled $3.2 billion. Gearing at the end of the year was just under 27%. We distributed $4.6 billion in cash to shareholders through dividends, and finally our reserve replacement ratio for 2016 is estimated at 109%, including the impact of the Abu Dhabi concession renewal. Putting these numbers in perspective, we finished the year ahead of where we expected to be at this point in rebalancing our organic financial frame, supported by the significant and rapid structural changes we've made to our cost base. Our organic capital of $16 billion was well below our original guidance of $17 to $19 billion for the year. As well, we reached our controllable cash cost reduction target of $7 billion versus 2014, a year early. So looking over the course of the year, we're pleased with our underlying financial progress, despite the very weak environment. And Brian will give you some more details on this in a minute. More broadly, we've had a very busy and eventful year. We've clarified the remaining material uncertainties around our Deepwater Horizon liabilities. This has allowed us to put more of our energies into shaping a strong future for the group. In the upstream, progress is visible, with six major project startups completed in 2016, including the early startup of the Thunder Horse South expansion in the Gulf of Mexico. This supports our aim to drive material growth and free cash flow from this business over the medium term. In the downstream, we rolled out our biggest fuels launch in a decade. The new Ultimate Fuels range is just one example of the differentiated customer offers helping to underpin material and reliable earnings growth in our marketing businesses. And most significantly, we have made big strides in creating a stronger platform for growth. We've moved forward a number of the high-quality development options you are already familiar with, and we have deepened our incumbent interests in some specific areas we consider to be very strategic. And we've added to our portfolio with some creative new partnerships and some exciting new opportunities. This slide pulls together some of our key activities last year, many of which came in a busy final quarter for announcements. Earlier in the year, we completed the merger of our Norwegian North Sea portfolio with Detnorsk to form Acker BP. The new company is now well-established, and we believe it has the potential to grow its production to around a quarter of a million barrels a day by the early 2020s. More recently, we were awarded a 10% interest in Abu Dhabi's ADCO concession, which provides us with material long-term onshore oil reserves, low-cost oil production, and cash flows. These are resources that we already understand well, which will add resilience and production to our upstream portfolio out to 2055. You may have also seen that we agreed to acquire world-class working interest in discoveries in Mauritania and Senegal, giving us a leadership position in these emerging low-cost gas basins, which we know can be produced competitively. And in the Gulf of Mexico, we gave Mad Dog 2 the go-ahead after three years of work to bring costs down to $9 billion, which is around 60% lower than the original figure. We expect this to add around 140,000 barrels a day gross of oil equivalent capacity, supporting our post-2020 returns-focused growth. We're also expanding other incumbent positions where we see opportunities for greater growth. 
Our purchase of a 10% share in the giant offshore gas field Zor is an example of this, as it complements our existing large gas portfolio in Egypt. We also reached agreement with the government of Oman for phase two of the Kazan gas project. And in Azerbaijan, we will continue to build on the success of the Aziri Shirag Guneshli oil field following the signing of a letter of intent to extend development out to 2050. In the downstream, we announced a new strategic partnership with Woolworths, one of Australia's largest supermarket retailers. Subject to regulatory approvals, this will see us acquiring and operating over 500 fuel and convenience sites, as well as establishing a new convenience retail partnership. You may have also seen the partnership we entered into with Fulcrum Bioenergy, a pioneer in the development of low-carbon jet fuel. Taken together, all of these opportunities are building the resilience, competitiveness, and balance of our global portfolio. They are helping shape the future of the group and getting us back to growth. So we've been busy, but our commitment to keeping our people and operations safe has remained our top priority. This slide shows our progress at the group level. Overall, the data suggests we have maintained the progress made in previous years and are seeing improvements in some key measures. Tier 1 and Tier 2 process safety events are industry standard process safety metrics. In 2016, we had 20% fewer Tier 1 events than in 2015, while the total number of Tier 2 events was broadly flat with 2015. Turning to losses of primary containment, or LOPCs, these refer to releases of any hazardous material from primary containment, including very small ones. LOPCs increased in our lower 48 business, partly due to difficult winter operating conditions, but were broadly flat elsewhere. Looking at personal safety, our recordable injury frequency rate has reduced in 2016. This continues a pattern of improvement in this area over a number of years. As I will never tire of saying, safety is at the heart of all we do. We're not going to be satisfied while we're having any accidents or harming our people. We know there's always more to do. With that, I'll hand over to Brian to take you through the numbers. Thanks, Bob. Looking more specifically at the oil price for the fourth quarter, Brent crude averaged $49 per barrel in the fourth quarter, up from $46 per barrel in the third quarter. Following the production cut announced by OPEC and non-OPEC producers at the end of November, the oil price showed strong momentum and is now comfortably above $50 per barrel. United States gas prices rallied in the fourth quarter due to sustained falls in production and continued growth in demand. Henry Hub averaged $3 per million British thermal units, up from $2.30 a year ago and $2.80 in the third quarter. The fourth quarter global refining market margin remained weak at $11.40 per barrel, compared to $11.60 per barrel in the third quarter and $13.20 a barrel a year ago. Looking ahead, we expect the stronger outlook for both oil and gas prices to support improved realisations in our upstream business this year. Although refinery utilisation is likely to remain weak, we expect margins to recover slightly in 2017 due to lower product stocks but to still be well below the very high margins of 2015. Turning now to the results. BP's fourth quarter underlying replacement cost profit was $400 million, compared with $200 million a year ago and $930 million in the third quarter of 2016. 
compared to a year ago, the result reflects lower cash and non-cash costs across the group and higher upstream liquids realisations, partly offset by weaker refining margins and a higher level of turnaround activity. Compared to the previous quarter, the result reflects the absence of the one-off UK tax benefit reported in the third quarter, a weaker supply and trading result and higher turnaround activity, partly offset by higher upstream oil and gas realisations. Fourth quarter underlying operating cash flow, which excludes Gulf of Mexico oil payments, was $4.5 billion. The fourth quarter dividend payable in the first quarter of 2017 remains unchanged at $0.10 cents per ordinary share. In upstream, the fourth quarter underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax of $400 million compares with a loss of $730 million a year ago and a loss of $220 million in the third quarter of 2016. Compared to the fourth quarter of 2015, the result mainly reflects lower costs, including the benefits of simplification and efficiency activities, lower expiration write-offs and higher liquids realisations. Excluding Rosneft, fourth quarter reported production versus a year ago was 5.5% lower. After adjusting for entitlement and portfolio impacts, underlying production increased by 1.8%, largely reflecting major project ramp-ups. Compared to the third quarter, the result mainly reflects higher liquids and gas realisations and lower rig cancellation and one-off charges. Looking ahead, we expect first quarter 2017 reported production to be higher than the fourth quarter of 2016, reflecting the impact of the Abu Dhabi concession renewal. Now turning to the downstream, the fourth quarter underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax was $880 million, compared with $1.2 billion a year ago and $1.4 billion in the third quarter. The fuels business reported an underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax of $420 million in the fourth quarter, compared with $890 million in the same quarter last year and $980 million in the third quarter. Compared to a year ago, this reflects a significantly weaker refining environment and a particularly large turnaround at our Whiting refinery, which had a significant impact in the quarter. These adverse effects are partly offset by higher refining margin capture in our operations, increased fuels marketing performance driven by retail growth, and lower costs reflecting the benefits from our simplification and efficiency programmes. Compared to the third quarter, the result reflects a significantly weaker supply and trading performance and the impact of the whiting turnaround which I previously mentioned. The lubricants business reported an underlying replacement cost profit of $360 million in the fourth quarter, compared with $290 million a year ago and $370 million in the third quarter. This result brings our full-year pre-tax earnings to a record $1.5 billion. The petrochemicals business reported an underlying replacement cost profit of $100 million in the fourth quarter. This brings our full-year pre-tax earnings to $380 million compared with $170 million in 2015. Looking to the first quarter of 2017, 
we expect a similar level of refining margins and lower turnaround activity compared with the fourth quarter. Based on preliminary estimates, we have recognised $135 million as BP's share of Rosneft's underlying net income for the fourth quarter, compared with $120 million last quarter. This reflects higher euros prices and duty-like benefits partially offset by higher expected tax impacts. Our estimate of BP's share of Rosneft's production for the fourth quarter was 1.2 million barrels of oil equivalent per day, an increase of 12% compared with a year ago and an increase of 12% compared with the previous quarter. The increase reflects the completion of the acquisition of Bajneft and Rosneft's increased stake in Petromenogas joint venture. Further details will be available when Rosneft report their fourth quarter results. In other business and corporate, the pre-tax underlying replacement cost charge was $420 million for the fourth quarter, an increase of $120 million on the same period a year ago, reflecting adverse foreign exchange impacts. The average quarterly charge during 2016 was $310 million in line with guidance. The adjusted effective tax rate for the fourth quarter was 10%, compared with 37% last quarter. This mainly reflects the reassessment of deferred tax asset positions, partly offset by foreign exchange impacts. The adjusted effective tax rate for 2016 was 23%, compared to 31% for 2015, excluding the impact of the North Sea tax changes in both years. Turning to the Gulf of Mexico oil spill costs and provisions. The total cumulative pre-tax charge for the instant is $62.6 billion or $44.1 billion after tax. The charge taken for the fourth quarter was $800 million pre-tax or $530 million after tax. This reflects our latest estimate for claims, including business economic loss claims and other costs, and the ongoing unwind of discounting effects on the provision, which have no impact on cash. Significant progress has been made in the fourth quarter and we are moving towards completion of the process for resolving business economic loss claims. Amounts to resolve the remaining claims are expected to be substantially paid this year. We have revised our provision for these claims to reflect our best estimate of the cost of the remaining claims. The pre-tax cash outflow on costs related to the oil spill for the full year 2016 was $7.1 billion. Looking next at cash flow, this slide compares our sources and uses of cash in 2015 and 2016. Underlying operating cash flow, which excludes pre-tax oil spill-related outgoings, was $17.8 billion in 2016, of which $4.5 billion was generated in the fourth quarter. This includes a working capital release of $3.2 billion for the year, with $2 billion in the fourth quarter. Organic capital expenditure for the full year of $16 billion included $4.5 billion for the fourth quarter. Divestment proceeds totaled $470 million in the fourth quarter and $3.2 billion for the year, including $570 million from the partial sale of the group's shareholding in Castrol, India. Gulf of Mexico oil spill payments were $2 billion in the fourth quarter, bringing full-year 2016 cash payments to $7.1 billion. 
We estimate that the cash impact of non-operating restructuring charges was around a billion dollars in 2016, with around $2 billion since the fourth quarter of 2014. As Bob noted, cash flow delivery from our operations was robust, despite the much weaker environment, supported by delivering our $7 billion cash cost reduction target a year ahead of plan. As well, organic capital expenditure for the year was well below original guidance. So we ended the year ahead of where we expected to be on rebalancing organic sources and uses of cash. This helped mitigate the net inorganic outflow that arose due to the rephasing of divestment proceeds previously expected in 2016 into 2017 and Deepwater Horizon cash payments that were higher than we anticipated for 2016, mainly due to the faster resolution of claims. Net debt at year-end was $35.5 billion, and gearing was at 27%, comfortably within our 20 to 30% target band. In 2017, we see a number of factors impacting our financial framework. In addition to what we anticipate will be a stronger environment compared to 2016, we expect group operating cash flow to reflect the full cumulative effect of having already reached our $7 billion cash cost reduction target. It will also reflect the ongoing focus on continuous efficiency improvement across the group. With our portfolio now growing, this will show up in future mostly in the unit cost matrix of our businesses. Non-operating restructuring charges are expected to continue into 2017, although we expect the cash flow impact to be lower than last year. We now expect 2017 organic capital expenditure to be between 16 to $17 billion dollars, including the estimated operational capital spend for our portfolio additions. This compares to previous guidance towards the lower half of 15 to $17 billion range for the old portfolio. In addition, we expect some $700 million of inorganic cash outflow in 2017 related to these already announced transactions. Compared to 2016, we expect divestment proceeds to be higher in 2017 in the range of $4.5 to $5.5 billion for the year, and then reducing from 2018 to more typical $2 to $3 billion per annum. At the same time, we estimate Deepwater Horizon cash payments to be lower than last year, also in the range of $4.5 to $5.5 billion. As already noted, we expect the remaining business economic loss claims to be substantially paid this year. We therefore expect the total Deepwater Horizon cash payments to fall sharply to around $2 billion in 2018 and to then step down to a little over $1 billion per annum from 2019 onwards. So, putting all of this into context, we remain firmly focused on re-establishing a balance in our financial framework where operating cash flow covers capital expenditure and the current dividend at the prevailing oil price. The strong progress we have made to date in structurally rebalancing our financial frame is allowing us to maintain our dividend and underpins our confidence in pursuing the inorganic transactions already noted by Bob. This is consistent with our aim to retain the dividend at a level we believe is supported by the long-term cash-generating potential of our businesses while balancing investment to ensure we can grow free cash flow over the longer term. As already discussed, we expect the environment to remain uncertain for a while yet, and we have the usual seasonal trends in our business to navigate. Our recently announced portfolio additions are accretive to cash flow over the longer term, but create additional cash outflow in the early years. 
So current oil prices notwithstanding, we anticipate rebalancing at the prevailing oil price towards the back end of the year. This also coincides with the mostly second-half start-up of our extensive programme of new upstream major projects. Including the impacts of our announced portfolio additions, this translates to balancing organically by the end of the year at a Brent oil price of around $60 per barrel. Our balance sheet has the flexibility to deal with near-term fluctuations. For this year, we will retain the option of a scrip as an undiscounted alternative to our cash dividend. We continue to target gearing within a 20 to 30% ban going forward, monitoring our cash inflows and outflows closely. Over the near term, we will explore further funding mechanisms or divestments if required to enhance cover and retain flexibility to take further advantage of growth-enhancing opportunities. Looking further out and based on our new portfolio, we expect organic free cash flow to start to grow at around this same price level. We expect this to be supported strongly over the medium term by the ramp-up of our new slate of upstream project startups, strong marketing growth, and from the accretive effects of our enhanced portfolio. As noted in October, once rebalancing is achieved, we would look to address the dilution that arises from the script dividend alternative. We will then aim to ensure the right balance between disciplined investment for even stronger growth and growing distributions to shareholders over the longer term. This slide summarises our remaining guidance for 2017. We expect full-year underlying production in 2017 to be higher than 2016, primarily due to our major project startups. We also expect actual reported production to be materially higher, as this will include the renewal of the Abu Dhabi concession, although the actual outcome will also depend on divestments, OPEC quotas and entitlement impacts. In 2017, we expect DDNA to be higher than the 2016 charge of $14.5 billion, mainly reflecting the impact of the Abu Dhabi concession renewal. In other business and corporate, the average underlying quarterly charge is expected to be around $350 million, although this may fluctuate between individual quarters. From the first quarter of 2017, we will recognise our 10% share of the Abu Dhabi concession on a pre-tax basis within the upstream. We expect this will have a material impact on upstream pre-tax underlying replacement cost profit, but will also reflect a higher effective tax rate for the group. In the current environment, we expect the effective tax rate to be in the region of 40% in 2017, mainly reflecting the inclusion of the Abu Dhabi concession. We will publish our updated rules of thumb on our website later this quarter. I'll now hand you back to Bob. Thanks, Brian. I'd now like to take a closer look at how our upstream and downstream businesses are contributing to the picture of growing resilience that Brian has set out. Looking first at the upstream, we achieved a lot in 2016 in a challenging price environment and continue to become a more resilient business. You can see this in improvements in our operating performance, the actions we've taken to reduce cost and capital spend through our active portfolio management. We continued to see strong operating performance in 2016 with plant reliability for operated assets at around 95%. All 11 turnarounds in 2016 were completed on or ahead of schedule. This was accompanied by strong drilling performance with drilling and completion non-productive time reduced to around 20% compared to 26% in 2015. 
I've already mentioned we had six startups last year, which makes 2016 a big year for major projects, with another big year to come. The first of the 2016 startups was in February, with the startup of the Insala Southern Fields in Algeria. Then came Point Thompson in Alaska in April, the recent restart of Angola in LNG, and Thunder Horse water injection in the Gulf of Mexico, both in May. And in December, the Inaminas Compression Project in Algeria. Last on the list is the Thunder Horse South expansion in the Gulf, which started 11 months ahead of schedule and $150 million under budget. We also made final investment decisions, or FIDs, on five major projects this year, including most recently the Mad Dog Tooth uh, expansion in the U.S. Gulf. Last month, we completed installation of the jacket and topsides for the Juniper Project in Trinidad, marking a significant milestone for the project. This organic growth keeps us on track for the planned 800,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day of new production from major projects by 2020 and contributes to growth beyond this. In addition to the 2016 exploration discoveries previously announced in Egypt and Angola, we've made significant progress in enhancing our portfolio with significant new access through our agreements with Cosmos Energy in Mauritania and Senegal, again the 10% share of the Zohar field in Egypt, two new deep water exploration blocks in the Salina Basin in Mexico, and our previously announced new access in China and Newfoundland, Canada. So 2016 was a busy year for the upstream. With our recent announcements, we now have a stronger and more diversified upstream portfolio that lays the foundations for future growth. In the downstream, the execution of strategy has delivered another year of material underlying performance improvement. Full-year pre-tax earnings of $5.6 billion are more than 25% higher than 2014, despite the refining environment being significantly weaker than 2014 and one of the weakest in the last 10 years. This includes $3 billion of underlying performance improvement at constant margins since 2014. $1.2 billion of which was delivered in 2016. This demonstrates that we continue to expand the earnings potential of our business. Our refining operational performance was strong, with Solomon availability increasing to 95.3% for the full year. In the fourth quarter, we also completed the dissolution of our German joint operation with Rosneft. This will greatly simplify and refocus our refining business in the heart of Europe. In our fuels, marketing, and lubricants businesses, we saw continued growth in pre-tax earnings of more than 15% versus last year, reflecting underlying performance improvement and benefits from continued investment. Across our retail business, which is the most material element of our fuels marketing operations, volumes increased by 3%, supported by the success of our new Ultimate Fuels with Active Technology and the expansion of our convenience partnerships with leading retailers. As I mentioned earlier, our recently announced strategic partnership with Woolworths in Australia demonstrates our strategy of growing our advantage marketing businesses in important global markets. Once completed, it will provide additional earnings and operating cash flows to the downstream. In lubricants this year, we had a record pre-tax earnings. We had good growth across all of our growth markets and premium brands such as Castrol. And through technology, we continue to develop new offers and lower carbon products for our customers. In addition to Ultimate Fuels, we also launched new products in lubricants and petrochemicals. 
Finally, total cash costs in the downstream are now $3 billion lower than in 2014, their lowest level in more than 10 years. This reflects the benefits, mainly from our simplification and efficiency programs, along with some foreign exchange impacts. In summary, 2016 has been another year of delivery from our downstream business. It has continued to grow underlying earnings, is more resilient to the environment, and has built a great platform for further exciting growth opportunities. Now it's time we moved on to take some questions, but let me briefly sum up what you've heard from us. First and foremost, our strong focus on safety and reliability is underpinning a track record of continually improving operational performance. Second, we've been working systematically to a plan to rebase our capital and cash spend. As Brian laid out, the group is moving steadily towards rebalancing our financial framework organically by the end of 2017 at around $60 per barrel oil prices, which includes the operational impacts of our many recent portfolio announcements. Our balance sheet is sufficiently strong to deal with near-term volatility while also being flexible. That's why we have been able to be creative with our portfolio, to step in and capture a set of strategic opportunities that will add value and enhance future earnings and cash flow for many, many years to come. Third, we are increasingly resilient to all conditions. With that resilience coming from the progress we're making in focusing and simplifying both our upstream and downstream businesses. Fourth, both upstream and downstream have been building capacity to deliver material and growing free cash flow for the group over the medium term, even if the environment stays much of where it is today. Our confidence in this outlook allows us to continue to sustain our dividend. Looking further out, our primary objective remains to grow sustainable free cash flow and distributions to shareholders. We are looking forward to showing you more of the detail in our strategy update on the 28th of February. We aim to show you how we are building an even stronger platform for growth, how we are retaining a focus on returns, and how we are shaping our longer-term future and what we all know is a rapidly changing world. So thank you very much for listening. 